Welcome back to First Issue Club Midsummer Edition. We're here to talk about the Mighty Thor. Is that was that the name of the movie? Thor Love and Thor Thunder. Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Inspired by the hit comic series The Mighty Thor. Needless to say, there's going to be spoilers ahead. We're going to get into how's phase four going. We're going to get into the social media discourse. We're going to get into our own personal takes and excitement about the movie. Spoilers abound. If you haven't seen the movie yet, dip out now, dummy. If you haven't seen the movie, why are you even listening to our special Midsommar episode? Because <laughs> you don't want to go see it, maybe? Oh, that's a good you idea. You want to see it oh, through yeah. the eyes of First Issue Club? That's fine. With I us. actually Stick respect that. that. I respect the person that's listening to this and not watching it. That That's a bold move. It's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Budgie King endorses that. Great. Stick around if you're chaotic. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's talk about the comic book that inspired the movie. What's your history with Jane Foster as Thor? Very closely tied with you, Mike DeStacy, because we were living in the same apartment building at the time yep. when the Jason Aaron God Butcher run was happening. And so we were geeked out on that. And that bled right into Jane Foster and Mighty Thor. And people may not remember this, but when that happened, there was a huge controversy in the comic book world that, you know. Yeah, wasn't Jason Aaron on like Fox News or something? Yeah. Like defending uh, it? I think you're right. Yeah, actually. because Thor now went by Odinson in the comic, uh-huh. and Jane Foster was known as Thor, and then they ultimately changed it to Mighty Thor. Yeah, I think that's part of why. I hold the comic run so dear is that because there was just so much social discussion about it and it felt like a sticking point for people who weren't sexist yeah, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, this is what's awesome about this comic and some of the points it's making about not calling her she Thor. Right. Yeah, exactly. Being upfront about that were great. I was, I was into it. I know you and uh, me, BK, we're both into Original Sin. I don't know if you were. I got into it after the fact. Yeah, so this was uh, Jason Aaron's summer Marvel event yes. that they were doing. It was like 8 to 12 issues. Mm-hmm. And in that series, we saw The Watcher die and a handful of other things. But Thor became unworthy yes. in that run and lost the hammer. And then we had the great surprise reveal of Jane Foster as Thor uh, in the interim there before the Mighty Thor started. And I think that this was one of the first hallmarks of like Marvel dipping its toe and being like liberal and getting like uh-huh. maybe like totally comic uh, gate and uh, SJW kind of calling them out and stuff. And so I loved it for that reason of like, it was like, uh, it felt like the shifting of Marvel. You could watch it happen. Yep. In real time. I believe 2014 is when this run was around. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, So fitting that there was controversy with Jane Foster's Thor in the comics. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this movie. What's Twitter got to say? <laughs> so mo- most of it is, a- is around Taika. So if you don't know, he's in an open marriage. I believe he's like been dating Orca. Rita Orta. <laughs> there we go. Orca. <laughs> uh, I don't know his love life, but the controversy is that uh, he m- may be bisexual. I don't even know, but he definitely in, in the pirate show that he was in has a male kiss and mm-hmm. that um, our flag means death. There we HBO. go. There we go. But it's good. It's very good. 
among the many things that this man is doing. Um, and that this movie was, depending on where you're landing, either inappropriately representational of queer, was too queer, or was not done by the right queer person as the director, or maybe was. Um, yeah, I've heard, yeah. I've, I've seen full articles on all the spectrums of this conversation. If if you're saying this movie is too queer, I don't know what your barometer is right. because I I don't think it was I, okay. So in any way pandering, I to felt it. like there was an eyedropper of a rainbow in this movie. Right, <laughs> it was like, like barely barely queer at all. I was okay. expecting way more. Not and to be while honest. I did appreciate the nods and was like, okay, finally acknowledgement of some things in an MCU movie, and that's something that's been lacking. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like this is. No. Bursting at the scene. No. And it's like Valkyrie already queer. We already knew that. It's already established. And then Taika's character, Rockman, I don't know his name. Korg. Him being, I guess, gay, depending on like. Well, their species is all male. Right. Oh, okay. So, I mean, technically, yes, we would identify that as a male and a male entering a relationship as homosexual or gay, but. And was there something else that was very queer that we missed? Um, It's it's mostly Valkyrie, right? There was supposedly hints that Thor was like in love, yeah, bisexual or in love with Peter Quill. Got it, yeah, okay. Because of the companionship that they had on the ship and then they kind of formed a strong brotherhood. I didn't read that at all. People were, I think, reading way into that um, online. But I also, did you guys go into this movie thinking it's going to make a huge statement and there's like, it's being released around Pride and no, um, I that, think that was, that was no. going to be a part of this? So uh, some of my confusion was the Wonder Woman pre-up for the 1984 uh-huh. one and then the synonymous of like the way that they did this with all of the like Guns and Roses and like hair metal launch of this is like I kind of thought this is going to be an 80s hair metal homage and that's what I thought all of the rainbow prideness was was just like oh remember when 80s were like when when hair metal which is like the gayest music uh was like into in vogue yeah like and it was going to be like that that was my tonal like entry point I never but great we also watch this and didn't have so this is we're talking about Monday Twitter by the way for just reference like so weekend happens Monday Twitter comes along and then it's this queer discussion on the movie seeing it in a vacuum without that Twitter conversation mm-hmm. I was like cool that they like uh, up the ante a little bit on some of the gay relationships on some of the queer relationships like I was like but I wasn't like I just walked away of like the the queer trophy winning Marvel movie <laughs> yes yeah, certainly I I mean. I don't think they really pushed any boundaries or pushed the envelope any further for any character in particular. Um, I, I mean, there there obviously shouldn't be any like protest for this movie from any churches or you know any conservative groups or anything. <laughs> no, because that would be out, outlandish. But I do think that Feige and the Marvel Disney entity is m- kind of flirting with the idea of getting people comfortable with gay and queer characters and they're they're doing it slower than I want them to and they're doing it slower than a lot of people want them to but I think in this dynamic that we live in in the world that we live in Marvel 
stupidly has to think about the foreign market of the film. And there are like Saudi oh. Arabia didn't play this movie at all. Oh, and there was that 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 happened with the Star Wars movie where they took the kiss out yes. in, in the in the Chinese version. Right. So th- some of those moments that we're experiencing now seem a little fake and like almost like queer baiting of just like hey, we put it in here but only for certain audiences and we take it out for other audiences so we can make money. Okay. And so it doesn't seem genuine. Okay. And until I I mean we had the full on uh, in Eternals like they were husbands mm-hmm. and they we saw them kiss. And like that was a pivotal part in the movie. I I think that movie also did not play in Saudi Arabia and other countries that ban that type of material on their screens. But I mean, we're we're seeing steps in the right direction. So the headline is that there's a whole spectrum of like queer conversation, and I was seeing a lot of like wasn't queer enough, or like wasn't queerly like was queer appropriation. Uh, honestly, from the director and from the actors in it, I agree. I thought this was going to be a, a a very proud movie of queer and gay and lesbian characters, but we just didn't see yeah. that portrayed. So that's that's all that headline is. I think like I'm happy for Marvel to move the step forward. Could have done, could have gone full throttle. Every character could have been queer. That would have been fine for a movie that had <laughs> zero restraint everywhere else. I was expecting it to do the same yeah. thing with the just relationships. The, um, other should we dip into some more headlines? Sure. So, so there. This one I understand a little bit less. There's a reaction video of Taika saying, like, making fun of the special effects. Yeah, so it, it's it's Taika just, like, kind of, like, riffing and making fun of, like, how the special effects don't look good and, like, how the digital animators or whatever just, like, you know, we got lazier. Or like, it's, they didn't do a good job. And the people that worked on the movie obviously caught wind of it because it's just, like, a it's part of that's now, like, a promotional thing on Marvel Twitter. Yeah. And they're just like, Mar- and the conversation now is Marvel is terrible to work for if you're a VFX animator. Okay. Because they put you on such tight constraints. And, and yeah, so that, that video yeah. was promoted by Marvel Twitter, mm-hmm. which is funny. I haven't seen it. Um, but I, I'm I, a, it sounds like he wasn't joking. It, I think <laughs> I think either the joke didn't I can't Im- land. I can't imagine he would have said that seriously. Yeah, it's it, it was a bad call to make the video and an even worse call to post it on social media yeah. by Marvel. So he must be joking then. So then that spins out to him being asked, well, is there a director's cut? What would you have done differently, right? And in a, I think it's Hollywood Reporter interview, he's like, director's cuts are stupid. Nobody should watch them. That is definitely a Scott Snyder, di- or not Scott, uh, uh, <laughs> Scott, um, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, there we go. Uh, we, that is not a Scott Snyder not dig. A Scott, Scott Snyder. we are a huge yeah, fans of yours. Scott, you're, you're good. That's a Zack Snyder dig on uh, Justice League. Yes. Um, and then he's basically saying, like, they're trash. Um, directors need to be, like, reined in. If they edited the movie, movies would be bad. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, get into a little bit further, and he's like, yeah, I guess if I would have changed it, I would have, like, put some more, a couple more jokes in that la- that were on the editing floor. But that's, like, it. Yeah. Um and I actually really respect that take to be like instead of like the Zack Snyder thing where it's like, "Well, actually my version was better, so uh, they fucking uh, Warner Brothers." Yeah, cuz I don't want to see on Twitter for the next 5 years release the Taika cut. Yeah. Or whatever. Cuz like the the, the spin out from the whole Z- Zack Snyder thing of like the Snyder cut and like just creating this rabid fan base just makes me sick and I don't want it to spill out 
in, to other movies that people think well, that I mean, better. the only thing that would be cool about that is if, like the Snyder Cut, how we got it early before anybody else and we're able to, like, to uh, read from the script yeah, and yeah, show v- clips. Yeah, if we could do that, then if we <laughs> sign on for that, <laughs> that would be. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Zack Snyder, when is Ezra Miller just going to be arrested and like, oh god, taken out of public? I hope never, because he, he just gives and gives and gives to the headlines. The dude is like a loose cannon. He's going to barbecues. <laughs> he is just a mess of a human. And Ezra, I know you're listening. Please go get help or. Don't hurt anybody, but keep on acting a fool. <laughs> yeah, just pull a Bam Margera. Just be wacky, but don't hurt anybody. Right, 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 right. Um, There's also a bunch of conversation surrounding the stars' bodies. Oh, yeah. We got uh, conservatives mad that we showed a naked man. and then, Oh, it's just butt cheeks. And then we got <laughs> other people going gaga. Over Natalie Portman's beefy arms, mm-hmm. ripped. Um, and I was, I thought, she, I thought Natalie Portman looked fabulous, looked great. I didn't like. I think everyone does. Everyone I, looks con- good. Consensus, everyone's yeah. like, yeah. "Whoa!" Yeah. Natalie Portman was like put on some muscle and was like, lo- "Okay, but looked fucking great as a superhero." I wasn't like she beefcaked out. I think the the pre hype that I was seeing about it beforehand, I was looking, I was thinking like muscle model. Like she was gonna look like China from the WWE, right. yeah. just R- like hey, R- totally swole. R.I.P. R.I.P. Man, no, but I- rest in <laughs> rest in peace. My thing is just that I appreciate that they didn't do this female superhero movie where she was like a toothpick. Yeah, because normally, I think it's safe to say women in Hollywood are told to get as small as possible, yeah. teeny tiny. But she's playing a superhero, and she's right. playing a traditionally muscular, beefy superhero, and. You can tell she bulked up for it, and that was fucking awesome to like ask a Hollywood celebrity, yeah, to put on weight, yeah, to do this movie, eat a biscuit. I do think I think Captain Marvel had a similar look though. Like I think we're kind of blowing this out of proportion a little bit. Like, however, no, well, I, I agree and disagree at the same time because Jane Foster has like really exposed arms, and like you, it's more. You oh, to see point. more of it, and like it's more of a defining characteristic. While Captain Marvel is strong and has muscle, like I think with the Jane Foster character, there's such that juxtaposition between Jane Foster without Molnir and Jane Foster with Molnir that okay. you get that kind of contrast. Yeah. That I think it is really important to show her that she is big and strong, and um, sometimes strength doesn't come from muscle, but in this <laughs> case, it do. Thanks for telling us where strength can also come from. <laughs> You're welcome. So the hate goblin side of this that I posed was people were mad that Chris Hemsworth was nude. And I don't know if you guys have heard this, but a lot of people's argument is, is if that was a woman, liberals would have been mad about it. I doubt it. And that's why conservatives are mad that they showed a nude man. If, if, if that was Natalie Portman's butt, I wouldn't have raised a single stink. Wait, so they're the... mad at the hypothetical. Yes, they're mad at the hypothetical that people weren't pissed or people were excited about Chris Hemsworth's nudity. <laughs> they're mad that we would have been mad in an where alternate was he... timeline if I that forgot was Natalie where, where Portman. Was he, where was he naked? In the metropolis or the uh, yeah, Zeus... omnis- omnipotent city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeus blows his clothes off with yeah. a flick. I did honestly... I did not think we were going to see his che- his cheeks. And I was I was like 
it's good that this is documented because the lunacy. This guy is in peak condition. Oh yeah, and he was just on display. Uh-huh. He, he was fine with doing it. Oh yeah. So we put it in there. Oh yeah. And it's just like the guy's more ripped than like anyone's Anybody. ever been. Yeah. <laughs> and his body was like insane. Yeah. If I was him, I'd be like, yes, it's on public record. Yeah. I never looked fucking better than I looked that day. I got more cake than a bakery. Like, let's show like it off. A huge movie. And I think there's something to be said. And there was like a fun commentary for me about like movies have objectified women. For the history of cinema. Yeah, since the beginning. <laughs> and I've literally never, even in the movies that are like, ooh la la, beefcakes, I've never seen it to that extent mm-hmm. that was like, a guy's fully nude on display, and women are like, ga ga ga. Maybe Magic Mike. <laughs> Magic Mike, sure. But this was the Marvel version of Magic Mike. So, in that respect, I was like, we're... I expected the movie to do some things with gender, knowing that we were going into a role reversal of Jane Foster as Thor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we did get some of those things where Thor was the one longing for Jane mm-hmm. and sure. he was the beefcake put on display. Yep. He was the slab of meat. <laughs> <laughs> and what a slab. So, I don't know. That was my opinion on it. I I find the argument of conservative media that it's such a bonkers statement of just like, listen, no one's mad about this, but if it was a woman, you guys would have been pissed. And that's why we're having this 45-minute news segment right now on a very abstract hypothetical. <laughs> and it's just l- ludicrous. Yeah. So, wh- wow. I haven't heard anyone complain about Chris Hemsworth and his no. bottom in the in the movie. So you're, you... uh, you're you're probably not on parlor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please tell me you are not. <laughs> get, get back on parlor. Let <laughs> me hop on parlor real quick. They are livid. I just want to be clear. Anything. I'm not on parlor. Okay. <laughs> For the record, I love that we have such a desert landscape of movies right now. That like this is all the only movie people are talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> people are over Maverick. They want to talk about Thor. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the world's just so shitty right now. It's just like there's the something to draw our focus. unbelievable amount of news that happened last week yeah. with uh, Shinzo Abe and Boris Johnson is just like, I can't believe that the world's still going on. <laughs> My kid's going to need like a new history book. <laughs> I, absolutely. They're like, yeah. they're like updated by the minute now. <laughs> These fucking books. They're giving them tablets. An entire volume of. Yeah. You got, they have to add a 13th grade. Seriously. Just, just to cover 2020 just and 2022. 2022. Yeah. Fucking crazy. What happened? Well, fucking everything, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Chapter 16 Thor's ass. <laughs> All right. Do we want to get into. Our own takes. Yeah. What we thought. It's the reason people are here. What do, what do you guys think the level of humor? Did it hit for you too much, not enough? Okay, here here is one thing that I think affected it for me greatly. We went with our friend who is the loudest laugher that I know. <laughs> he was so loud, yeah. And so it the movie felt funnier than- Because you're next to a good laugher? Because I was next to a great laugher. I get that. And I feel like I- also wanted it to be a comedy. Like I knew what I was getting into. And because I, of Ragnarok. Yeah, because of Ragnarok, because of Taika. Um, and I felt like 
his laughs were definitely happening the whole movie. So I felt great. I felt happy. And and like, but they could have been more. And the one thing I will say that I have seen criticism of Taika is that he put his own rock character in it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and not enough Jane Foster. Yeah. And so that the rock guy, say his name again? Korg. 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 Not a hard one. Yeah. Korg was in it too much. And so that like, he was like trying to be yuckster, I guess. But I I really, I mean, Taika's work in general I don't think this is the worst movie he's made only because <laughs> only because the rest of his movies are so good. That's such a great way to put it. Because <laughs> I completely agree with you. This is his worst movie he's ever made only because the other things he's made has been completely genius. Right. I really, I liked the humor in the movie. I thought there were... Um, uh, some of it was just a bit too over the top or slapstick for me, or there are some moments that I think really would have gotten me, but they, f- I think the expectation out of Ragnarok was that this movie was going to be laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. So they pumped the trailer full of jokes and yuck yucks. And by the time we got to the movie, We'd seen a lot of that stuff in the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Part of what was so delightful about Ragnarok was oh yeah, we weren't, we weren't expecting it to be a comedy. element of surprise. And I wish they would have marketed the movie as a more of like a straightforward superhero movie, so I could have seen like bulbous Thor doing like the massive chains, you know, like the guy oh, has ropes sure. in the gym. Sure. Like, that's such a funny visual joke, but. That whole set piece like didn't work because I'd seen it a hundred times before yeah. I got yeah. to the movie. You know what I mean? But I thought there were a lot of like really funny, nuanced moments between things that were almost hard to catch because there was so much like really big over the top humor. But um, small complaint from me. Oh, I think as this movie ages, the more I'll like it. Right. I mean, I had to pull my jaw off the floor with Jeff Goldblum. In Ragnarok. Just yeah, he was amazing in that. Yeah. How funny and great it was. There was never a moment with this at the same level of mm-hmm. like... And we had no idea what to expect with like the tonality of the Hulk. Just because I that movie really benefited from none of the movies preceding it. Being like that. Treating the main Avengers as buffoons. Right. So yeah. those moments were just like it's like they were Laurel and Hardy, <laughs> yeah, like so unexpected and wild. So yeah. um, hard to match that again or or deliver that surprise. Uh, I'm I'm in I'm in agreement with you guys. Like your viewing experience, I also had people in the theater who this was their first movie ever, <laughs> and so whenever a joke happened, it was the best joke they've ever seen, and that got tiresome pretty quick, but. Uh, it was good that they were enjoying it as much as they humanly could. The Where the humor kicked off for me was the smaller jokes or the less subtle ones. Like, my favorite joke and the, the, my favorite reoccurring joke was the uh, kind of relationship between Thor and the hammers and how the hammers were, like, exes or current girlfriends and how they were just kind of, like... Oh, I loved that. ...battling for Thor's attention and... I thought that was great because it played off of Jane and Thor and how their relationship was going. And I just thought that was a masterful reoccurring joke. When you just see Chris Hemsworth just kind of stone-faced staring on, 
And then the axe just like very slowly drifts into screen. <laughs> I thought that was great because it gave them like personalities. Right. And it, and it really solidifies in the movie that like, um, like they do have their own personalities and mindsets of like, because like Molnir basically ch- chose Jane to, to help her because right. Thor said protect her at all costs mm-hmm. later in the movie. We, we find out. And I thought that was great that, that they gave these inanimate objects a, a vital part of yeah. this movie. They're, the flashback relationship scenes were kind of fun and funny, too. They, they, gave, were, they gave great context of yeah. how they met their demise in the relationship. Yeah, right. Kind of kind of tragic, a little emotional. It did a lot of exposition in a short amount of time in a kind of fun way. Yeah, and like I think everyone can re- relate to that relationship. You have these two... You know, professional adults in their careers, one being a superhero and one being like an astrophysicist. Uh, they're both absolute fucking tens. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I mean, bet the I can, sex I can was relate, amazing. I can relate to everything so yes. far. Yeah. <laughs> they broke beds every night. Like they were at Ikea every weekend buying in bulk. <laughs> I need the Flurgenstergen in 10 of them. So, but what's relatable about that relationship? Anything? That was <laughs> That was the joke. Yeah, everything, really. Um, I I found... Okay, so for me, the first act was stuck in the mud. It oh. was really spinning its wheels. Well, I mean, to me... Trying like, to get traction. If you're saying that we had, like, 30 minutes of just, like, lightning speed exposition, I agree with you. The first act was, like, hitting you over the head it's with like humor. This, 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 this. And, like, I love that they start with Guardians... Like being Ugh. in it as like a, a fun uh-huh. cameo or whatever, but that's the that's the their proudest moment. The next thirty minutes are literally just being like like uh, breakneck speed into why Jane is now grabbing Molnir. Mm-hmm. It was so f- it was Quick. going so fast. Quick. So, what do we feel then about like the length of the movie as a whole, and the the I did and how much goes. Pushed into it. Honestly, I thought the movie was shorter than I expected. I was. It was, I was right at two hours. I think when it right? ended, I was just like, "Oh my god, I've been here for how long?" I'm yeah, like, it's this should have been way I, longer. I think so. People are not fond of this movie right now. There, there are some defenders that's like it's great. Nobody's saying it's better than Ragnarok, and people, are, some people are just saying it's flat out bad. I think it's because most people judge a movie in the first thirty minutes. Dead on. And yeah. the first 30 minutes are the worst part of this movie. The movie gets better from that 30 minutes. Yes. I it, the, This movie benefits from its character character progression and the interaction and the relationships born out of that. Yeah. I also think, like, people are skipping over the, the new, the Disney World of Valhalla, like, aspect. Or the, oh, that's a great so minor funny. detail. So interesting and creative and awesome. But it's like it gets lost a little bit. I wonder if like a, produ- a producer came in and was like saw a rough cut of this film and was like, Taika, you got to make it funnier. Can we punch this up a little bit? Because there are these small details and moments in the film. You're just like, this is fucking brilliant. And like such a throwaway line or detail that like is so wonderful. And needed to be focused on more. Did I did I call it wrong? Is it Ragnarok on Earth or is it Valhalla? It's is... it's new. Ragnarok is the event it's that new... happens. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Like Ragnarok is the 
destruction of Asgard. Valhalla is where the gods go when they die. Yes. Asgard is okay. their the home. place they lived that was destroyed on Earth. New Asgard is new the Asgard. town. There. there we go. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. yeah. So the New Asgard is the Disney World version. Mm-hmm. Great joke. Really yes. funny. Really. It's worked. like off of a Carnival Cruise or something. Yeah. Like you can go there and visit. It's so funny. It honestly felt like making fun of Universal Studios in some ways too, with like their recreation of movies, which I love. Disney making fun of Universal Studios. Yeah, I love. It was very self-deprecating at parts. Like Harry Potter World. Yeah. 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 And I loved how they carried on the gimmick of. Matt Damon being in the play. Oh God, that's so good. Yeah, and um, just and Melissa McCarthy was hella. Okay, I had totally forgot about Melissa McCarthy and Matt Damon mm-hmm. being in this. That was fucking brilliant. I I love the callback and like yeah. I love that it was Melissa McCarthy, who was hella because she's known for being like pigeonholed into these like goofier roles in mm-hmm. movies or whatever, and like this is like just her. Being able to like let loose and just really, you know, be a dork. Yeah. So okay, let's get into just like we'll move into like did the plot work for you? The general like story unfolding since we've already been talking about that. The- uh, the my I think my thing was the plot I expected to be so focused around Jane. And it was more around gore and getting the kids back. Right. Um, I thought the intro with gore was great and they set up like oh, love that. an amazing villain that way. And he was such a creep show yes. to the kids um, when he tore that... <laughs> Head off the of the head creature. Off of that worm. I was like, I love this villain. It's great. Yeah. And then the battle scenes they had were fantastic. I, we'll get to like action stuff later, but um, I I think I had some trouble with the story just because of the plot, just because of how many things were going on in it. Like we've got um, to get to eternity to make a wish. We've got yes. Gore and uh, his daughter and their story and killing all of the uh, gods. Mm-hmm. We've got Zeus, which is a red herring. Yeah, exactly right. Um, just so, so much going on in this movie. And then we have like, we I think the audience is led to believe that Jane Foster is going to overcome cancer. Too. So you have like... Because yeah. the, the, well, they haven't read the books. <laughs> well, you, you have the villain of cancer coming too so like sure and i like that it wasn't like i think it would have been distasteful to be like superhero magic cured your cancer yeah <laughs> so it, i like an out of a comic book scenario yeah 100 percent. i i think it was cool that she had her moment to do what she thought was right and went out in a blaze of glory and if we don't see that character again, um, went out in an awesome way. So I'm happy with Jane's death. <laughs> I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not glad she's leaving the franchise potentially. Right. But I. Th- I thought they did that well. I. I. I but I, but yeah. I also think this movie should have picked one of these things and focused on it a little more. Like I would have loved to have seen more gore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or I would have loved to have seen 
us focus on Jane's journey a little more or her become Thor, right? Right. Like we could, I think, had that not been a part of the marketing, that this was Natalie Portman as Thor. Yeah. One then, time only. Then it would have been really cool to have her show up in the middle of a battle and be like, she catches the hammer and you're like, holy shit, Jane is Thor. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's a really good point. That would have been amazing. That's where they fucked up by since, telling us that she's going to be in it. Since we knew she was going to be in it, show us her becoming Thor. Yeah. Like, show more of that journey. Yeah. yeah. Instead of it just being like a side note and just like, oop, we're there all of a sudden. Like, we really crammed what could have been an hour and a half of the movie into 30 minutes. And to to that point, the people that are saying this movie is great almost always reference Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And I think the God Butcher got the best story arc. I mean, got the most dedication to the movie. Yes. And his performance was just odd. And the way they altered yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he got the primary storyline. Right. It was, I mean... And then, it's the most fleshed out. And I think Russell Crowe is to Jeff Goldblum. It's like, it, it's like, oh. Russell Crowe was so good. He was awesome in it. And it just is like, he's the self-contained thing. <laughs> I couldn't, God. I couldn't peg his accent. I didn't know what he was trying to do with Which that. made it better, Did I it, think. Just I, yeah, you're right. so absurd. I think it's like, he's, hey, somebody is us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was going for like pizza Greek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like Little Caesars yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. You could tell. That when he was doing the tricks with the <laughs> lightning bolt, that was the funniest part of the movie for me. And just imagining him like in front of a green screen, take just being take. like, like flicking his fingers around, like, however, like, I really think that the direction that he got was to just like pretend you're throwing it in the air and like whipping things around and just go for like four minutes straight Mm -hmm. and we'll worry about it in VFX later because (laughs) we'll do it in post just like the silliness of his hand motions like just like not quite matching up with like the craziness that's going on with the lightning bolts was so funny well at one point he treated like a baton and was just twirling around (laughs) his sides of his body so so think about this too Christian Bale and Russell Crowe both almost had career-ending ego movies. Yeah, um, Master and Commander for for Christian uh, Bale for Russell Crowe. Oh, and yeah, 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 Terminator for Christian Bale, where yep. he like yelled at the person. Yeah, they are probably the most egocentric actors on earth that you could get. I think I think it says something. They're never in a scene together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the fight, the fact that they weren't even told that each other were in the movie. Right, that Taika is like ha- could. Russell them up. Did you also know that Chris Hemsworth selected Taika? Oh no! So he was like, "I'll the, do another Thor movie." If you I get think. Taika I think Waititi. the legend goes is that he <laughs> so was, it's told. So it's told is he was like, he was saying he couldn't he couldn't do another Thor movie the way they were headed, and he like selected Taika, mm, okay. and they did it together. There's some like code doing of Ragnarok and Chris together in in the in Ragnarok. I, yeah, I believe that. So, good job, Chris. Thank, thank you, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh, uh, did one of you make the point of Gore with the Necro Sword when he kills that god at the beginning? That the gold blood was something they needed to do 
for it to be in like a Disney movie and get the oh, rating, no, but that's get the rating good... that it got. Oh, that, 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 I did, yeah. So when they have the gold blood, they basically make it like like Kill Bill. It's just yeah. straight up like so violent, uh-huh. but it's like because it's gold blood, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like if it's like sprinkles or rainbows. It's like it's cartoony like, that yeah. way, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you get this like really brutal scene in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> and my, yeah, our friend that was sitting next to us, shout out to John, was just like, Oh my God, the violence is awesome. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, this is like Kill Bill. Like, yeah. it does look like if you remember that Kill Bill just reads an absurdity, but because it's real blood, mm-hmm. it got that R rating. Yeah. We get away with it. I think, murder. and you, you bring up the Necro Sword. Those of us who have read the Venom run know that the Necro Sword is very closely tied to Venom mm-hmm. and Null. Yep. So that's kind of a cool nod to the uh, Marvel Comics. And who knows if eventually we may see Noel, uh, God knows, yep. 10, 15 years from now, but kind of a neat nod of just like it's it's been introduced to the MCU, so doors are wide open. Okay, speaking of introducing things to the MCU and the plot, um, did you guys know going into this movie that Eternity was a part of it? So the, in the trailers someone had did like the breakdown of just like they're in the hall of gods yeah so you you saw statues of uh Uatu mm-hmm. and the living tribune and like um death was in there as well yeah and someone was just like that one looks like eternity mm-hmm. and i was like okay that's cool i thought that's just going to be it going to be it yeah the reveal of eternal was insane mm-hmm. i loved it i thought it was perfectly i thought the done. design was fucking sick it was nutso i like that they just went full-blown silhouette like in the comics like that was rad i mean they could have fucked up and had like zach galifianakis voicing <laughs> yeah. eternity or some shit <laughs> like i don't like i'm glad it, they, it didn't talk yes nothing yeah it just sat there um there were also some like statues that had like yeah a partial mask Mm. And I was like, allusions to the Eternity Mask, which is really sick. Yes. So I I was stoked on that. It was, and it was so silly because like while I was watching the movie, I was like, oh thank God, I bought Eternity's first appearance. Yes. Five months ago on a whim, not knowing anything, and I'm like, I'm sure that issue is through the goddamn roof right oh, now. I'm sure it what is. What I what I love about the Thor movies too is that because Ragnarok was such a criticism of the MCU in some ways or a departure, whichever way you want to see it. I think it was yeah, a departure and like kind of like a critique yeah. of like these superhero movies should be a little outlandish right. because like Or we need we need to make Thor funny. I don't think there's the expectation in Thor movies now to do all these nods to the comic heads. So when they do it, it works a lot better. Because they're sure. they're just like oh cool actually instead of being like ah uh, ah uh, uh. they're doing better with how and when they make nods to comic book stuff yeah because there's well now that Stan Lee's dead how they got <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> I'll say early on in MCU movies there are some decisions that they make that you're just like okay they did that because of the comic book but it just doesn't make sense and it makes for a worse movie. Like there are times when you need to break right format format. Like I I always go to Black Widow's hair <laughs> looks so shitty in Captain America. And like so many of these movies, it's like 
such a shitty wig. Mm -hmm. It's so cartoony, crazy red. (laughs) Yeah. It just looks awful. And it's like, she was a cartoon character in the comics. (laughs) Like, no real person has hair that looks like that. We're not going to be mad as viewers if you change it to look like kind of real. Also, it's not vital that her hair's red. Not at all. It's like if they made like the Hulk yellow, we kind of have an issue. Uh, but, I know. <laughs> like, her hair isn't and, like red red. Who gives a shit? And I know that's a small visual point, but there, I think there have been point plot points in movies or like points of exploration in, in all kinds of Marvel movies and the Sony ones do kind of a bad job at it where like <laughs> Shocker. Uh, Morbius like takes place on like the boat in like the beginning of it because of his origin story in the comics. And it's like, we don't care. And no one knows that. Hardly anyone knows that his like origin was on a boat that you like found him in like the middle of the ocean. Like the important thing is he says it's Morbin time (laughs) in the movie. Like he says in the comics. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think it's a tough line that nobody wants to walk of like, you have to keep your core audience, make them happy. And what can you change? You probably have to like. I think the MCU hedge, has hedge evolved above that. Their core audience is they now. They have their own core audience. Yeah, it's now not a comic kids and other audience. people who just like the movies. And also totally. like, there's no, like, even you can't even call this the 2014 run. I mean, like, because there's borrowings of like, yes. Jane Foster is Thor, but mm-hmm. then there's so many other storylines that like right. happen in it right. that it's like there's nobody could turn to you and be like, well, what happened in the comics? And it's like none of this, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about nothing. So, do you yeah. guys want to talk about the ending, ending, or any of the post credit stuff um, before I, we do like grades? Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say one of my favorite parts of this movie was one of the most kind of daring, maybe a stretch of a word, but one some of the most daring things I've seen in the cinematic universe for Marvel is the black and white shadow zone that they went into. Yeah, that was really cool. Some of the best cinematography that the Marvel, Disney, whatever, has done in a long time really kept my attention. And, like, it almost was like uh, a 1960s, like, yeah. noir, noir. kind of, like, Saturday morning, uh, like, monster movie. Because, like, these shadow beasts look like they're... Like made out of clay, mm-hmm. and like it's almost like Beetlejuice set in space. It was so cool, so completely different than what we've seen before. And like, I'll give another nod to Christian Bale. Like, I wish he was in it more because he fucking destroyed this role. It was so good. He's so good. Uh, I mean, that was that, that's just what I want to say. One last thing. That's what one last thing that stood out to me is this like completely bonkers, and people should really be focusing on that cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the hair metal or like the heavy metal comic, uh, like from the eighties or whatever type of aesthetic that they were going for, mm-hmm. um, that being both soundtrack and like aesthetic, I think they like got, but n- nobody cared once they got to the movie. They weren't like, they forgot that that was like a thing. Do we need five Guns N' Roses songs? No. Like, like the Ragnarok worked because it was like a a plethora of seventies and eighties music, right. kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like this, just like focused on like, hey, Guns and Roses. Like I was their eighties. After we got done with it, I was I turned to Mike and I was like, the licensing alone on the fucking music <laughs> for this probably broke the goddamn budget. And it's like it would have been better had you just gone like 
indie or like well, yeah, I hate to say it, but Rise of Gru, you know, <laughs> slap that uh, soundtrack together. The Men Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that, and then the other thing I will say, like I did tear up at the ode to like the uh, I'm not like Lady Thor. I'm like the Mighty Thor. Or you can call me Doctor Jane Foster. Yeah, I was just like, that's cool. I just, I, as corny and cheesy as it was, which I'm probably in the minority of liking that scene, it felt like a good wrap up of the like, fuck you, a good, a good way to like, yeah, totally. So I would agree to that. The mm-hmm. kid army was a little much, but I loved the kid army. <laughs> God damn it! I thought that was great. <laughs> the, the movie that was like, I was like, was like yes. <laughs> I think the movie was good. <laughs> like it, like it just it. Like I don't think we're disagreeing. I here. know, but it, I I feel like we're coming up against like people. Like if you if you take a peek on Twitter, you would be led to believe this is as bad as Wonder Woman. <laughs> or no, like, this movie is fine with a capital F. It's just like, it's just not as good as Ragnarok, but it's not worse than one and two. Uh, it's not it's not a bad MCU movie. They uh, for me it's just like they didn't break the mold, like with Ragnarok, and yeah. I was expecting I was just like, well, is Taika gonna try new stuff? Like because he was like able to like try new and exciting things with Ragnarok. I was like, surely he'll do some crazier stuff or some like different techniques. And it was just like I felt like I was getting like the same movie in can, the same tone. I was just like, I- I've seen I, this before. Can I say this? I think had they known the cultural chokehold that Stranger Things has had on the world with Kate Bush and now Metallica, Mm -hmm. I think they would have changed things up and been like, oh shit, that's how things go now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it's done. And like, done a little bit more of that, like integration, rather than like the culture being like a a shimmer polish. Um, Explain that more. So like, Stranger Things, like, in my opinion, popularizes D&D with season one. Yes, 100%. Right? Like the great onslaught of D&D. Now we get to season four. Kate Bush is literally the top of the charts. Making millions. Yeah, again. <laughs> Metallica is get, getting that whole thing. And it's like th- the way that cultural discoveries happen from media, mm-hmm. the like the zeitgeist of stuff is like, I think people are like, oh, shit, there's no difference between Stranger Things and TikTok now. Of like (laughs) how people are like getting there. Like, and I think like Thor didn't capitalize on that moment. No. By just like having like these over the top soundtracks and like the, like, I think they could have like done more with that because people were willing to like buy into it. Well, this, like this soundtrack was, it it was like uh, Iron Man 2 where ACDC did the whole fucking thing. It's like, this is just a Guns N' Roses greatest hits album. Like, I personally There's no discovery. fucking hate Guns N' Roses. I do too. I do too. And like the way he doubled down on that, I don't know if he was trying to do like a joke of just like it gets funnier each time you hear a different Guns N' Roses song. But it's just like you have so many better songs to choose from from that era to like create different emotions. Like get away from it. Yeah, it really was. It's four four Guns N' Roses song, a Kiss song, Poison, Pat Benatar, Dio, which is like hell yeah, yeah, fine, and then. uh that's it, I guess. But that's just, I don't know. So that's a that's a dumb take, but I also just feel like in this summer, I, my mind has been blown by the, what Stranger Things has done. By like that. The Duffer Brothers, man. Get them on an MCU movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, I think Thor, I think Taika could have done that. Could have 
But Stranger Things is like a period thing. I understand, I think, yeah. And, and Thor is like happening like set present day. I guess you're right. But yeah, that's a good point. How but it borrows from like previous decades. Like it, it's he's like mirroring the eighties right it's now supposed with his tone to be, and like music. It's supposed to be hair fantasy yes. metal. Yeah. Right. Which the iconography of that is like Thor god beefcakes. Yeah. So I, I don't th- I, I personally don't think they played off of that enough. I think that they And were, they didn't choose a variety yeah, of like, options. Honestly, for honestly that. like Iron Maiden would have been a better call. Fuck yeah. Like for this like I think I don't Run care enough about years. 80s metal to have like the nuanced opinions you guys are having right now. <laughs> or or Thin Lizzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good, yeah. such an in the weeds critique to me that like completely went over well, my head. Yeah, stay tuned for the Patreon words to <laughs> critique the soundtrack to this fucking movie. Um, I'll I'll say quickly. Uh, like the little girl, I think that's exciting to see what how that gets taken care of we, in the next. Movie. Yeah, we need to talk about Which, love because they call her love. Yeah. Okay. Like they're the. Our, I think our assumption is is that they're gallivanting around the galaxy together. <laughs> Fighting like a superhero, Calvin and Hobbes. No, I, I, yeah. Unfortunately, so he's called Thunder and she's called Love. Which going into the movie, you yes. think it's Jane. Love and, and Thor. Thunder yeah. is Jane and Thor, but it turns out it's very literally this little girl, and and he's uh, she is Gore's daughter. She's Gore's daughter, but Thor takes like a dad role, which is like the idea of going into a next movie with Thor being like a dad, dad is kind of funny. Such. Like, if we're talking about Taika Waititi wanting to do, like, something that really breaks the mold yeah. of the MCU again to kind of get people to be like, man, this guy's really turned our expectations around several times. Like, a father-son or a father-daughter movie is, like, totally that. Yeah. And I think that's where he soars is, like, sad, heartwarming being funny. Yeah. So I just wonder if... Anybody cares about that character and wants to like see a whole movie with that character? I so I can't remember. D- does that character exist in the comic books? Thor's got some kids. Okay, but but is that Gore's kid? No. no. Okay, that's what I thought. That ex- that that kid? No. Okay, so that's interesting because it's a new character for Disney Marvel to play with. What's yes. the what's the um it's like the Iron Lad? Yeah, it's like okay. a character they introduced yeah. in the movies God, and then put knew, into the. I love that you knew exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> make it make a cannon. Make it <laughs> cannon. We're gonna sell tons of paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! If they put that kid, found a way to put that kid in the comics now, it would be pre-ordered out the fucking wazoo. Well, my Blu-ray would be worth more. It's her first appearance. <laughs> God, if people figure out how to find her first appearance <laughs> on Blu-ray, <laughs> actually, I've earned the deleted scenes in uh, Ragnarok. Well, it's the, it's that whole thing with uh, with Harley Quinn being like technically on a comic that came with a record. Oh, oh yeah, that thing sells for. But don't say that too loud. I need to sell <laughs> to <you. laughs> my Batman Adventures first, and then. All right, uh, movie grades. Yes, we're going out of ten. We had a lot of discussion and deliberation. I need to on make an official statement. Grading scale is going to be I, Greg Lichtai, while I want to be included in this discussion, completely disagree with the scale that we're using. Well, so you may be familiar with one through ten being a common comic grade 
uh, evaluation. I get the theme you're going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So was, were, the, was the movie near mint for you? Was it very fine? Was it mint, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> um, was it I, good? I will jump in and say this was a solid 7.9 for me. And I would have put Ragnarok in like the nines just to like. For uh, people yeah. to see how you're judging things. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am a 7.5 white pages. Uh, direct edition. <laughs> oh, um, for somebody who hates this grade scale, you've really bit yeah, on you've off the metaphor. A bit. <laughs> um, I thought here, here's the thing. Oh my god! Speaking of bits, <laughs> we didn't talk about this. Me, <laughs> we're <laughs> sitting in the theater, uh-huh. and the movie's about to start, and Mike is all of a sudden holding oh, a god. newspaper, <laughs> and he goes, "I'm gonna look for the scene." And he's like, I'm really excited for it. And I look over at him and he's like pointing to a picture and a paper that he's got like kind of holding up towards the the movie screen. And I was so confused. And I just <laughs> stared at him and waited a couple beats. And I was like, is this a bit? And he's just like, yeah. So you read like like a newspaper, like like you get every day to get your news late. <laughs> Your old news in the paper. I've I've I cut out a picture. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> I brought it to the theater. I planned a joke. <laughs> First of all, beautiful. <laughs> I love the commitment there. I really stuck the landing. <laughs> was people in the vicinity knew what you were doing, or the joke was? It was for me. That's yes, what I mean. But did, did other people peripherally just be like, "What the no fuck one, is this guy doing?" No one else soaked that in. No, that was a private Damn. joke for. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Still pri- good. An audience of private one. prop humor <laughs> just for me. It's the best kind of prop humor. Prop humor. Personalized prop humor. <laughs> that's just that's Gall- the next cameo. Just, just some like- Gallagher style uh, humor. <laughs> I was befuddled. I was just like, "What is happening right now?" Am I having a stroke? Like, what is happening? Am I in a Mr. Bean movie? <laughs> is this Naked Gun 4? Uh, I'm glad I got you. I'm glad it made it to the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, Thor, when it's good, it's really good. And when it's confused on what it is, it should have been cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, there are a lot of things in here that shouldn't have made the movie, but they needed to fill time. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Yep. I I agree. 7.5 for me as well. Um I think if I was writing the movie, I would have just been like Thor is unworthy. We're getting rid of Thor for a lot of this and Jane Foster is going to be Thor and we're going to focus on just that character. Right. Because two leads, yeah, battling the power of Christian Bale on screen was just, there was just a lot going on. It's almost like Gore should have kidnapped Thor. Thor. And it, it's up to now Mighty Thor to rescue not only the children, but Thor. I think that. And oh, I, and I, see, I, I fucking forgot Heimdall had a kid. Same. I think there's. Oh, no... I would have loved the narrative too about like. Thor is like the princess getting rescued. Yeah, kind of oh, totally. That would have been awesome. I I think there's no way 
I don't think Chris Hemsworth has a huge ego. I don't think he could take himself out of this franchise. No, sure. At the, in that way. Especially with like him being at the driver's seat slightly. And what the fuck do I know? If I wrote this movie, it would have been dog shit. <laughs> Dang, don't talk down well, on you yourself. Can't, you, you can't do better? <laughs> <laughs> you, you put a thousand monkeys in a room, eventually they'll write Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, our final discussion is like just in general, where do we sit with phase four, this movie, and how is it shaping up for them? Yeah. Essentially, post Thanos, yes. how's Marvel doing? <laughs> Are they doing all right? So I think, I think the what I am viewing as the consensus is like there's too much going on, especially with like the TV shows, that there's no formula. Whereas like phase three was like poetic. And how they mm-hmm. just like landed it, and then here it's like, what is the through line? Seems a little rudderless. And it's like, are we setting up for Secret Wars? <laughs> like, you, like not Secret Wars, but like no, is, I, I, no. I, th- I think people are just like, are we headed towards Secret World? Uh, Secret Wars is it Battle World? We have Kang out there still, like. Where are we all going? There's not like a piece of the puzzle that we're getting every time towards building to something, and it just feels like everything is its own world. I think it's going to be like that just because there's so much money to be had and there's so many things to make Mm -hmm. that people will consume that it's impossible now to connect all of it. So I think these things are going to be a little more standalone moving forward. And that's the price we pay for getting like eight Marvel things a year. You know what I mean? Like it's the price we how, get for perfection. So like, early. what are we getting? We're getting like two or three movies this year and two or three TV shows, right? Yeah, for the remainder of the year, and we're in fucking July. We have black. We have Black Panther still. Mm-hmm. She Hulk comes out. Werewolf by Night comes out on Disney Plus. Boo. And then we, <laughs> and then we have, I think another movie beginning twenty twenty three. I think it's Quantum Mania. With yeah. the Ant Man, right? And so I think you're right. I mean, well, let's just get out of the way. COVID kind of fucked up their trajectory a lot with what they're going to do as far as releasing movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. I think for me, in my mind, these need a focus. We had Thanos for 11 years of building up to that. We either need a, a, a something that can combine and unite everyone towards a unifying thing, whether that's Galactus or Dr. Doom or something like people are, why introduce such an interconnected universe in phases one through three and then completely abandon it going forward. But here's my thing is that the interconnectedness of Thanos and that through line and thread, like I barely recognized until it was like, retroactive until it had happened and everyone was like oh those little like weird MacGuffins in the movie those are important now Mm -hmm. like but I think I think that they had Civil War lead into it really well mm -hmm. and like they kept that theme like and then the movies just like fit together and the if they tried to fit the movies together right now they couldn't but here's here's my thing too is that we sell it we said how much we like them giving these properties to really creative people mm-hmm. and letting them do their own creative things with it. Right. We were wrong. 
<laughs> we yeah. don't want that anymore. Go back. We need we need a captain. Yeah. <laughs> we need somebody. Un, un, we were wrong. That happens sometimes. Cancel Joss. No, Kike remain canceled. <laughs> I uh, I'm I may be on the opposite side of you guys. I think I'm a Phase Four fan. I really love the TV shows. I like the amount of Marvel stuff that I'm getting. Right. I think it's okay that it's massive and unruly now because we're all bought in as a culture. It yeah. It, it wouldn't just like there aren't millions of people going to see these movies that are like haven't seen so almost he, everything he, else. He, right. Here's what I think on that is that I actually like there's not a bad phase four movie yet. They're all great, right? Yeah, yeah like I, I think they've been great. I think what or were you gonna say? Sorry. Well, I was gonna say people. People would say Eternals. People would say Eternals. But I like that movie. I think they're gonna say Love and Thunder too. Now they're gonna say Love and Thunder. I think they're gonna say Eternals and Love and Thunder. I think commercially, with like non-comic fans, Love and Thunder did very well. Okay, good. The other thing I think that Marvel made the shift in is that they said we. We don't need the through line anymore. We're gonna go whole hog on <laughs> on TV and just like, <laughs> put the whole hog in yeah, there. Yeah, put the whole hog in Disney Plus. We're doing it. And I think they did that with Flying Colors. I I think like we will look yeah. back on Phase Four and be like, Marvel killed streaming in a time in COVID when it mattered, and like they just executed that well. They didn't have a through line. They didn't like sure, and that's fine. I think still that there's potential for one of these forthcoming movies for us to be like, oh, it all makes sense now. I, I think you're right. Like, oh, that this thing that happened in Loki is now like a reason this happens. And then I don't think so, because there would have been a Loki nod at all in Love and Thunder. Well, uh, if we think back to phase one of Marvel, there was no nods to anything except at the very end, we see Thanos for the first time. It's like the he's like a, the the second stinger. Yeah, we just see a purple person, and we're like, oh my god, that's Hellboy. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it's a shout out to Adam. Uh, WandaVision is like a prequel to Doctor Strange. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, those two things were like completely connected. So I, I think you're right there, but I don't. And and Loki is a setup to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I mean, it set up the multiverse. I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to connect all of the... We argued about this. Multiverse and timelines are two different things. Right? Yes. Okay, we did argue about that, yeah. Okay. I could still be wrong, but here, I hold that the timeline splintering and, and multiple universes here, are different Here's things. what Marvel has done, though, which I love. They have made it possible to be the uber nerd in the last two years that's like all knowledgeable Mm -hmm. about phase four because you've watched everything and you know more than other people and it used to be in the hands of the comic book readers yeah and it no longer is and i and i like that as far as movies go sure like the nerdum the nerdum of marvel is, is now owned by the person that has too much time on their hands to watch all the streaming shit nice you uh, us. <laughs> We're a family. Oh, so can I... I'm sorry, I'm getting caught up on this. Through line we haven't mentioned is Monica Rambo. Yeah. Who... Will be showing up. Was in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Was in Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. 
will be in the Marvels. I'm assuming is going to get some sort of nod in the last episode of Miss Marvel. I might be wrong, but I'd imagine the end of that show would set up the Marvels, which is the movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So she's kind of been a through line through a handful what? of these things. Okay. Who's the bad guy in Marvels? We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. Okay. I'm assuming more Cree. Scroll or Cree yeah. stuff. And so, but we are getting that secret invasion show. With um, Daenerys, what's her face from Game of Thrones? Oh, cool. So that could be. I mean, I mean, money's uh, on anything right now as far as who the next super villain problem is going to be. I love that they haven't brought back Captain America or Iron Man. Oh well. Sam Wilson is Captain America now. Right. Sorry, traditional. Like the, You're thinking like Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they're just like not going to. And that's probably Jane Foster is now dead. Like, and not She's in be. Valhalla. Confirmed uh, oh, with yeah, one yeah. of those uh, in the credit scenes. There we go, yeah. Which I thought was a kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Like she died uh, a worthy death. Yep. And it was uh, said earlier in the film when Thor was talking to Sif, he you was die just in like, battle. if you die in battle, a worthy death, you are ex- escorted into the gates of Valhalla. And I, I also love that, go ahead. I was going to say they posed it in a way where he was like, you can stay with the gods if you'd like. It was almost like there was an or. It, yeah, you're you right. You know what I mean? Yep. The way he phrased that, I was like, is he going to say or? Yeah. Like he, it was almost like, like well, is there a Christian heaven? Because (laughs) this isn't a lowercase t, Heimdale. Was the option to stay with the gods in like their like cool party house or like a lot over? Oh, yeah. Or or was it to like go back to life or something? You know what I mean? (laughs) If you're, if you're not, um, (laughs) you have some property adjacent to Valhalla. Exactly. If you're not a Marvel head and you see the reveal of Hercules, do you think? Who the fuck cares? Yes. Okay. Even as a Marvel head, I said, who the fuck cares? Okay. We have the popular character from Ted Lasso mm-hmm. portraying Hercules, which he is not well known. The but... character is playing Hercules. We want to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hercules isn't a person that actually exists in the real world. It's. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. It's the guy. I forget his name, but he plays like a soccer player in yes. uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's I, crazy that this is a prequel to The Northman, that the movie that came out right before this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, were you guys shocked by the Hercules? I, just, I didn't know that was going to happen, and I like him a lot. So I was like, cool. I, I think the actor's great. Yeah. I... Could give a shit about Hercules so I in think, general. I but... think Hercules is funny to me because it's like this Marvel thing that you always have to be like, oh yeah, <laughs> like he's a character. And like, did he ever get his own line? Yes. Yeah. He's got his own limited. He has. Okay. And he was popular during the No Surrender storyline that happened like yes. a few years ago. Am I remember? Doesn't he use sticks? Am I remembering? He has that? like a hammer. Like he has like a. He uses tools and other okay. weapons. Like he's Hercules. Okay. From the Greek mythology. <laughs> I thought he had like batons. So I don't know why. I'm Deadpool does that, and so does Daredevil. I'm familiar. Well, I'm just making sure you know comic books. 
You're going to look it up. Hercules sticks. <laughs> wow, that's he's, interesting. He's doing the juggling thing with the <laughs> three sticks. What do they call that? The fire what? sticks. Oh, my God. What are those called? Like a... Uh, oh, devil's... Devil, uh, devil, <laughs> devil sticks. Devil sticks, yeah. Come to me, Thor. I'm going to get you <laughs> with my devil whole, sticks. That's his whole thing. He just keeps dropping them. <laughs> Damn it. But I, I remember Hercules kind of being like a full of himself kind of character. And I don't see... the. I only know that guy from Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. so I don't see him playing. He only, like he's such a badass in that show that I don't see him playing someone who's like so cocky and arrogant. Yeah, I think this is gonna be two meatheads uh-huh. fighting it out. Yeah, like he's now like Hercules is basically just like a hitman. Oh, they're maces. Yeah, sorry, I knew he had some type of weird yeah. weapon. <laughs> it's like a. Lantern looking. <laughs> you said sticks. I thought you meant like actual I did. batons. I, I, I pictured it wrong. <laughs> yes, I did. But all right, it, it's interesting. Mm. I'm 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 eager to see what happens with that. It eludes me to think Secret Wars is coming because there in Secret there's Wars, just a lot of realms. They're just all in a big area and fucking fight each other. Yeah, it's a great way to introduce the black suit for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great way to introduce Fantastic Four. Silver Surfer. Amazing way to introduce Fantastic Four. And yeah, Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock, because he's going to be showing up in the they third mean... volume of fan, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. I forgot there was a Adam Warlock cocoon in one of the post credit scenes. Yeah, and they said, we'll call and him him nothing, and Adam. Yeah, nothing ever happened. Um. Yeah, do you, do you guys ever you know who's playing Adam Warlock? No. So, do you guys ever see the movie Meet the Millers with uh, Jason so. Sudeikis and anyway, the, one of the sons in that is Adam Warlock and he looks good. I mean, he looks good with his shirt off, which only needs to be to <laughs> right. be Adam Warlock <laughs> and the Hulk. So, um, all in all, we'll be back for Black Adam. No, no way. won't. Nope. <laughs> that, <laughs> that trailer looked bad. It looked so shitty. Looked terrible. Uh, yeah. I I don't enjoy shitting on DC movies, but I that do. do not look good. Yeah. Um. Sorry. I mean, that, you thought Pierce Brosnan was going to be a big draw, but no. All right. Love and Thunder breaking our summer little break. See you soon? Yeah. Ish. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.